let's go. It's 12, 17 p.m. coming at you guys from San Diego, California. It is BK here, 12, 16 p.m. Saturday, May 16th, 2020. Hope everybody's having a great week, and thanks so much for checking out the podcast, guys. Check out my uh, Twitter account, at Bravo Kilo Actual, and you can check me out on Instagram, at BK Actual. Let's go ahead and jump right into it with our live updates on our coronavirus cases. And worldwide, we now have 4,686,592 coronavirus cases confirmed with a global total of 310,907 deaths. Now, in the United States, the USA total now is almost 1.5 million confirmed cases, and our total death count is 89,124 U.S. citizens. So let's go to the New York Times updates uh, page right here and get started and see kind of where we're at. As you know, the states are starting to reopen, albeit a little slowly, and uh, this is like two-thirds of the states are reopening. And they're lifting or relaxing restrictions on businesses and public life. Uh, Just going through a few of them. In Maryland, new regulations allow retail stores to open at 50% capacity. And churches and houses of worship were pressed to have their capacity. Salons and barbershops can only take appointments. Uh, In Oregon, retail stores can reopen statewide so long as they are following distancing guidelines. Uh, 31 of Oregon's 36 counties are approved for other limited reopenings. Uh, Restaurants and bars can provide dine-in service until 10 p.m. Now, obviously, a lot of governors are pushing to do this kind of thing because more than 36 million people have filed unemployment claims in the past two months, and the Commerce Department reported that retail sales fell a record 16.4% in April alone. Uh, so now the number of new coronavirus cases confirmed in the United States has steadily declined in recent days. Uh, new York, the epicenter of the American outbreak, the coronavirus case count has dropped over the past month. And those case numbers have also gone down in hard-hit Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And some states, including Vermont, Hawaii, and Alaska, are reporting few new cases at all. But remember, only about 3% of the U.S. population has been tested. And more than 20,000 new cases are identified on most days. Uh, The death toll, like I said, has surpassed 87,000 now. So it's a big, you know, it is a risk. But, you know, like I've said for the last public, that's life. Life is a risk, you guys. Going outside is a risk every day. You don't know what's going to happen out there. And that's just, and I think that's what a lot of people, and this is the unwritten thing, this is the unspoken message that people have had. You know, you see all these people now going outside and everything, and nobody wants to say it out loud. But like I've said, people have accepted it, and nobody wants to say it out loud. But people have accepted that tons of people are going to die from this, and they're going to go on living their life, and that's life. That's the way it is. And so all your finger wagging media, and I have plenty to say about the media later, is not going to change any of that. Uh, now, Investigators also, interestingly enough, have uncovered an extensive effort to defraud United States unemployment systems, uh, like with fraudulent claims. And they think fraudulent claims appear to have already siphoned millions of dollars in payments out of unemployment systems. Uh, From 
the Secret Service, shout out to them. I know I have Secret Service listeners. They said they have information implicating a well-organized Nigerian fraud ring. That's right. They're the Nigerians, man. They're always up to something. The princes, the Nigerian prince scam, right? Yep, stolen information such as social security numbers had allowed the network to that uh, fraud network to file claims on behalf of people who in many cases has not lost their jobs. Now, most of these fraudulent claims have so far been concentrated in Washington state, but evidence also pointed to similar attacks in Florida, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, and Wyoming. According to a memo obtained by the New York Times, the Secret Service warned that these attacks could conceivably target every state and could result in potential losses in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Now, the IRS last month documented losses of at least $16.9 billion because of identity theft in one month. That's insane. Uh, How about this? The Food and Drug Administration announced that it had granted emergency clearance for another coronavirus test that allows users to check themselves for the virus at home. These newly approved kits are made by a company called Everlywell, available by prescription only, and would allow individuals to take a nasal sample and send it to a lab for diagnostic testing. Uh, So the agency the uh, Food and Drug Administration expressed hope that the availability of more kits would increase access to testing uh, nationally. And these kits would also obviously provide a safer alternative to drive-through testing centers. Some public health experts are cautioning that at-home sampling kits still have limitations, including longer delays between the initial test and the diagnostic reporting. Uh, Let's see, what else? New York... Again, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak has cleared the way for some low-risk activities uh, to resume. Uh, Andrew Cuomo said that horse racing tracks and the Watkins Glen International Auto Racing Track could reopen, but fans will not be able to attend. Those events will only be televised. Uh, What else about this in New York? Mayor Bill de Blasio said yesterday, Friday, that opening New York City's 14 miles of public beaches was not in the cards for the upcoming Memorial Day weekend. Um, However, Cuomo said that all state-run beaches in New York would be open for swimming by the Memorial Day weekend with restrictions in place to ensure social distancing. So state beaches, yes, in New York. City beaches, no. Uh, let's see. Just scrolling down here. See what else is going on. Uh, former President Barack Obama is set to give two virtual commencement speeches to graduating college and high school seniors today, Saturday. And this is going to be his first public address to a national audience. So I'm sure it will be uh, very riveting indeed. Anything else? interesting in this i'm trying to speed through these guys quicker if you haven't if you haven't noticed um just because uh it's kind of like you know really dulling my senses and and getting boring at this point and it's like how much longer are you just going to go on with it you know what i mean leading off of the coronavirus as we reopen back to normal life so uh let's see 
I'm just going down here. Let's go. Well, you know what? Let's. Why don't we do this? Let's go around the world a little bit and see what's see what everybody else is doing. Uh, for example, uh, Saudi Arabia has been hit hard by this. The coronavirus pandemic, plus the often discussed plummet in oil prices, is uh, forcing. Saudi Arabia to confront a very different future than what they envisioned only a few months ago. Tourism is canceled. Concerts are out of the question. And uh, if you've been listening, you know we've covered that crash in global oil prices, and that is robbing the kingdom of its enormous wealth. Obviously, Saudi Arabia is still hugely reliant on fossil fuels, especially oil. And Everybody there is really worried, and I, you know, I mean, think about what, think about the rest of the Middle Eastern countries, as basket cases they are, like Iraq. I mean, how is Iraq going to, Iraq has nothing besides oil, and, you know, you combine no money with a uh, angry young uh, populace, that's a powder keg waiting to go off, I'm telling you. Watch that, the next, it's going to be real interesting in the Middle East the next couple of years. How about this? Uh, the Greeks and the French are headed to reopened beaches, finally. They, they did open those up. And uh, the Europe's first sports league has also started playing. That's uh, the German Bundesliga, the professional soccer team. They are starting to also uh, play as well. So Europe is in an economic downturn right now, not seen since the end of World War II. Uh, Italy has begun easing its restrictions, and they announced today, Saturday, that Italy would lift travel restrictions beginning on June 3rd to open the door to renewed tourism. Uh, Italy had one of Europe's worst outbreaks. Um, What else around the world? Um, Nigeria, speaking of Nigeria, they are afraid that infected children in some of the schools may be spreading the virus in that country. Uh, Thousands of children who beg in cities in northern Nigeria have been crammed into open trucks and driven across state borders back into their home villages despite a ban on interstate travel that was imposed in Nigeria in April. And that is raising fears that the move could spread the coronavirus across Africa's most populated country. Uh, these two thousand, they say at least two thousand of the children who attend these uh, Quranic schools, you know, where they study the Quran, and were often sent out to beg in the streets, have been put into quarantine. And many of these children have tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. India. We've talked about them a lot, and that was a, that's a serious problem because that's one of the biggest, most populated countries in the world, living in very close quarters, and everybody's kind of waiting for the hammer to drop on that. But Narendra Modi, the prime minister there, has very high approval ratings. Uh, remember, Narendra Modi dropped a nationwide lockdown onto India with four hours' notice. And uh, it was, and they were like really strict about it. I think I, I played some of those stories about the police were just like beating people in the streets if they even left their home. So, but so far they've been spared uh, a real, a real bad verdict from the coronavirus. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I talked about Obama already. And uh, China is now saying 
that some labs, some of their laboratories, destroyed coronavirus samples in the early days of the outbreak, saying that such steps were required for biosafety reasons. This official said at a news briefing last night that Chinese law required labs not equipped to handle highly contagious specimens to destroy them to prevent secondary disasters caused by unknown pathogens. Um... Remember, the virus is still believed to have emerged somehow in that wet market in the Chinese city of Wuhan where the outbreak was first detected. I want to caution you guys. We've all talked about the laboratories, those two research labs in the city of Wuhan. Now, they have been the focus of theories about the outbreak's origins, but there's no proof that it actually still came from that laboratory. I mean, you know, you, you kind of think maybe common sense it, it had to, but who knows. Now, several world leaders have questioned China's transparency and willingness to participate in international inquiries into the virus's origins. U.S. officials, including Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, have accused China of destroying lab samples when the virus emerged in order to try to conceal the outbreak. And Pompeo has backed President Trump's assertion that the coronavirus originated in a lab in Wuhan, though intelligence agencies say they have reached no conclusion on the issue. Um, the UK is predicting a tsunami of mental health problems stemming from anxiety that came from being cooped up during this pandemic. In a survey of over 1,300 mental health doctors across the UK, the Royal College of Psychiatrists wrote that nearly half had seen a drop-off in routine care and that they believe that people are too fearful to go outside to seek help. Hmm. That's a tough one. And you've probably read a little bit about this new inflammatory condition affecting children. It seems that hundreds of children in Europe and North America have fallen ill with an inflammatory condition that is thought to be linked to the coronavirus. The World Health Organization today issued a preliminary definition of the sickness and guidelines for collecting information about it. Uh, they say the condition is a multi-system inflammatory disorder in children and adolescents with some symptoms similar to those of Kawasaki disease and toxic shock syndrome. In a study published in the Lancet, the medical journal, doctors in Italy said that they had treated 10 children with hyperinflammatory symptoms similar to the Kawasaki disease from February to April. That is a rate 30 times higher than what is commonly seen. Similar cases have been found in about 100 children in New York and dozens of others in Britain, France, and Spain. Uh, to Amazon, and I talked about Amazon and their battle with the French unions last week a little bit. Uh, J.C. Penney, the 118-year-old department store, has filed for bankruptcy. And this would represent the biggest casualty amid all these retail closures tied to the coronavirus pandemic. And yeah, they had pretty much a decline over the last 20 years. Uh, so it was probably going to happen anyway. The chain does have more than 800 stores and nearly 85,000 employees. Now, its collapse follows other retail bankruptcies this month, including J. Crew. You guys wear the J. Crew. Uh, the Neiman Marcus Group, 
and others, but JC Penny is is the big is the big one. Um, so the job losses from this, I just can't even. They're staggering, and it's just going to be with us for a very very long time. Let's talk a little bit about Sweden. You guys know that uh, I've kind of talked. They're kind of, they've kind of been the outlier as far as the European countries, because uh, most other European countries did a full lockdown while Sweden elected to not lockdown. They had more of a moderate uh, response to it. Now, they did have a lot of deaths, so it should be important to note. The New York Times wrote a good article about it, and it's if you want to Google it yourself, Google Sweden stayed home. A deadly month showed the risks. So, and it's, it just underscores there's still a lot we don't know about this because Sweden has had a lot more people die than its neighbors, but it's still way better off than a lot of countries that had strict lockdowns. So, like, so they don't, what is it? You know, what is it? Is it a geographic area? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a genetic thing? Who knows? Um, I'm just going through the uh, numbers here god it's tough rare it's not a greatly written article here because i'm really trying to uh find the actual numbers of the actual deaths and it's it's not that easy but they say that 30 percent more people died during the epidemic across sweden than is normal during this time of year that is an increase similar to the united states and is way higher than the small increases seen in its neighboring countries now it's difficult to compare sweden with like you know the united states it's a it's a lot more uh, monocultural uh sweden has a uh, a different like kind of how can i say this they just have like a different social model you know when when people were told to social distance they did and they do they kind of tend to go along with what the state says in america you're always going to have people who buck here as we've seen with all these uh, protests. And interestingly enough, for all, I want to caution people too for rushing to say like, oh, we should be like Sweden. You know, it's not like Sweden is a bastion of liberty. There was a, a good article written by a writer named Paulina Nuding at the Quillette site. And she wants, and she's from Sweden. She lives in Sweden. And she wanted to point out that you know, like, hey, while we're all fucking blowing Sweden and for their brave uh, response to coronavirus, let's let's be real here. They're not exactly a bastion of, of freedom and liberty there. Um, for example, you know, homeschooling is illegal in Sweden. And it's actually, you can have your like kids taken away from you, stuff like that. So I just want to tell you guys to be, be cautious when you say how great Sweden is, because maybe it isn't. And what else? Have the states, which states are reopening and which ones are shut down? I'm looking at the New York Times map right now, which was updated May 16th, 2020. The only states that have a full state lockdown as of May 16th, 2020 are Michigan, Illinois, New Jersey, and Delaware. I mean, even California has like a lot of regional reopening going on. Uh, okay, so, and then speaking of California, 
you probably saw a lot of confusion over the week because uh, giant Dumbo Eric Garcetti came out and said, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to extend our lockdown for three more months in L.A. County. And then everybody was like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you out of your mind? And then they, so then they, he had to run to CNN, do damage control, saying, no, 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 look, we're going to have a lockdown, but it's a relaxed lockdown. We're going to open a lot of stuff. But then the next day he came out and said masks, masks, the face masks are mandatory across the entire county now. <laughs> so it's like, well, what is, I don't even know what he's, he doesn't know what he's doing up there. Yeah, it's only 100 miles away from me. Side note, I'm just looking at this article of the, about L.A. County. The county health director, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, have you guys seen her picture? What is it with all these health directors who look like just horrible? She, no offense to her, but she's very, she looks like the crypt keeper a little bit. I mean, she's very, she's got this like white curly hair. She's very thin and pale. She just doesn't look healthy. And I know that you shouldn't make, you know, but but image is everything, isn't it? Shouldn't the person who's in charge of your health department, like, look the part a little bit? I mean, I don't know. You might want to have somebody who's jacked and tanned up there. I'm just saying. I'm not raising my hand and pointing at me, but I will point out that my tan right now is, seriously, guys, it's, like, unbelievable. You can't even get this color in nature. It's so bronze. Like, people gawk a little bit. It's it's almost fucking too much, to be honest with you. Uh, so anyway, but back to L.A. County. Uh, yeah, it is a mandate, by the way, still, to wear a mask in public. And remember, the masks, are they effective? Fucking who knows. The Let's go to New York here really quick. And the Daily Caller busted, uh, often praised Governor Andrew Cuomo for undercounting nursing home deaths after changing their reporting rules. The New York State Department of Health has acknowledged that its recent reporting does not fully reflect the coronavirus deaths in nursing home and adult care residents. Because New York is the only state with large outbreaks among its long-term care facilities that does not count residents who died at a hospital. That's right. So if, you, if they checked them out of the hospital and they, they brought them to the hospital from the nursing home and then they died in the hospital, that did not count as one of the nursing home deaths. And even so, they still lead the nation with 5,433 nursing, nursing home deaths uh, as of this week. Um, so remember, Cuomo faced sort of criticism from people like me, not from the mainstream media, for ordering nursing homes to accept patients from hospitals who had tested positive for coronavirus. He then had to rescind that March 25th order, which people said did lead to higher levels of death among nursing home patients. So, uh, yeah, they did say that the around May 3rd, the New York Department of Health told the Daily Caller its disclosures now only reports coronavirus deaths for long-term patients that died while physically present at their facility. So who, who friggin' knows what the real number is? Meanwhile, in San Diego here, my county, uh, we uh, our county supervisor, Jim Desmond, uh, was on an interview with a, a podcast, and he said that San Diego County 
Although we have officially listed 194 deaths due to the coronavirus, only six of those deaths were actually the result of the virus alone. In other words, all the other deaths were also due in part to previous underlying health concerns. And that is, so that is six basically people killed by the coronavirus out of 3.3 million people. Uh, again, every death is regrettable, but we got fucking 30 million people out of work now. So, like I said many, many weeks ago, it's a big cost-benefit analysis. And then, yes, many of you did send me this story um, this morning that Colorado has made a change in the way it counts COVID-19 deaths. And this change came after Colorado's Department of Public Health admitted that its COVID-19 death toll was counting those who tested positive for the coronavirus but had died of other causes. And that was reported by the Fox affiliate reporting in Den out of Denver on late on Friday. So the department now says 1,150 Coloradoans, is that the word for them? who died had COVID-19, but only 878 of those deaths were due to COVID-19. So basically, they downward revised their death toll 25%. Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot more of this. Um, the story is like, for example, here's what happened in Colorado. This, uh, As part of their story, for example, they had a 35-year-old man who died May 4th of alcohol poisoning but he tested positive for COVID-19, so his death was counted as a COVID death. Remember you guys a couple weeks ago when I was speculating about that? Like whether, how they're counting these deaths? Like the 95-year-old with cancer and pneumonia, but also has coronavirus, is that a coronavirus death? And I, I think you're gonna see some revisions of these numbers. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, what else? The Oh, this was a great story. Did you hear about the jail inmates in California who are trying to purposely infect themselves with coronavirus because they thought then that they'd be let out of jail? Yeah, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, and he released some video that you can go watch if you want. Sheriff Alex Villanueva said that surveillance videos showed jail inmates in L.A. County jails trying to infect themselves by taking sips from the same bottle of hot water, sniffing out of a common mask, and passing around a styrofoam cup to share. He, he played the video and did like a play-by-play -play with this. That's funny. Oh, you know what's interesting? This is a good jail trick. So they were sharing hot water because they were trying to falsely elevate their temperature reading so the thermometer would show them they had a fever. Does that work? Within a week of being videotaped by these surveillance cameras, 21 inmates did test positive for COVID-19. But they think, you know what, we're young and uh, blah, blah, blah. We'll be let out and we'll be fine. More than 350 inmates have tested positive for COVID-19 inside the L.A. County Jail. <laughs> I love the jail guys, man. Uh, meanwhile, I've talked a little bit about those contact tracing apps. Uh, and how Apple and Google will be trying to make one. But now state health officials are saying 
that those contact tracing apps being built by those two companies will be useless because it does not show where potential coronavirus exposures took place or share that data with the government. So now officials in Utah, North Dakota, and elsewhere are developing their own apps or hiring what they call contact tracers after rejecting the project under development by Apple and Google. And because Apple and Google have privacy rules, right? And they don't reveal the potential exposure point for these new cluster of cases. So uh, they don't think it's going to work. Now, how it would work on paper is using Bluetooth, their software would track the other phones that someone comes into close contact with and then notify them if one of their contacts later tested positive for coronavirus. And then, but you know, again, this turns in all kinds of problems. Like you have, uh, you know, you have medical privacy issues, uh, just one of them, you know, so I don't know. Also, another interesting point, there was an article at fastcompany.com and it's talking about the bath, the public toilet seat, the, your public bathroom, right? And how it is going to change post COVID-19. Now, the U.S. is lagging behind in its approach to public restroom design. Uh, you know, in a lot of other parts of the world, it's all like gender neutral, single pod counterparts. And, you know, in a lot of parts in the U.S., you know, you still have the men's and the women's. You got the piss trough. You guys know the piss trough or the piss wall? You know, there's still a few of those in gas stations around. I've walked in and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What century am I living in? And there's just like a big trough. Yeah, and the dudes line up. Uh, but, you know, the vast majority of commercial bathrooms in the U.S. don't even include lids on toilets. And that means that every time somebody flushes, the toilet plume explodes into the air. Yeah, it aerosolizes the bowl's contents, with the, which can then be breathed in and ingested by nearby parties. So if you guys aren't already, uh, you're supposed to, like, take your deuce and close the fucking lid on your toilet and then flush so you don't spread your toilet plume and your feces plume all over the bathroom. Most experts estimate a plume can travel six feet in every direction. <laughs> we also know that COVID-19 has been found in human poop up to 33 days after infected people have recovered and tested negative for the virus. Uh, and now they're also looking at, you know, everything touchless is, is the goal here. And I've seen a lot, a lot more of that already. Uh, they also want deeper sinks with steeper sloped basin walls so it doesn't like splash back up to you and uh, the, all that. So fascinating stuff on America's bathrooms. Uh, male coronavirus patients with low testosterone levels are more likely to die from COVID-19, a German hospital has found. That's right. They assessed the hormone levels of 45 COVID-19 patients in ICU and found that the vast majority of men admitted had low testosterone levels. So all you woke vets out there, you're fucking in big trouble. Uh, yes, the uh, male sex hormone testosterone is known to help regulate the body's immune response, but when a man has low levels of testosterone, the immune system is not kept in check and can go a little haywire following infection. And this leads to a so-called cytokine storm, which happens when the immune system goes out of control as it tries to kill the pathogen. 
Those cytokine storms eventually damage the body itself, and yes, they can be fatal. So you men, get out there, hit the gym, get your T levels up. Go pick up some chicks, do what you got to do. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, how about a few positive stories for once? Uh, a 113-year-old woman who is believed to be the oldest woman in Spain has recovered from the coronavirus. Maria Branias was diagnosed with COVID-19, but uh, she's recovered after weeks in isolation, having suffered only mild symptoms. This means that Ms. Branias has lived through the flu pandemic of 1918-1919, the 1936-1939 through 1939 Spanish Civil War, and the coronavirus. She was born in Mexico in 1907. How about that? And she's not the only uh, one who beat that. A 99-year-old Marine veteran, uh, he has won his battle against coronavirus. That was Max DeWeese of Kansas City. And, um, yeah, he was uh, he served as a flamethrower in the South Pacific, including at the Battle of Guadalcanal. So this dude, this dude was jobbing out in the South Pacific, and he wasn't going to let no goddamn uh, uh, Chi-Com Chinese virus get him down. So he uh, he got a, it was very nice. He was discharged from the hospital, and uh, it's very cool. They had a color guard, a Marine color guard, show him out of the hospital. Very, very good stuff. Uh, at least 70 are dead in Mexico from drinking tainted alcohol. You guys remember this was in Iran too. It happened. It all, remember they thought that they mistakenly thought that it would cure the coronavirus. Well, also now it's in Mexico. Uh, yeah, at least 70 people have died across Mexico since late April after drinking tainted alcohol, including at least 20 residents of a poor mountain town. Hmm. Yeah, you know why? Oh, it's a little bit different. See, in Iran, they were doing it because they thought it would be a cure. In Mexico, some local and state governments had banned the sale of alcohol to discourage people from gathering in groups, right? So they started making their own, and they started buying this black, uh, black market alcohol and dropping dead. How about the hospitals? I tweeted this one out at Bravo Kilo Actual. You know, the... Hospitals in the United States were making money. There was a construction boom. Everything was going on. Then the coronavirus happened, and now a lot of these hospitals are just losing their asses. I know it's it's like uh, it doesn't make sense. You'd think they'd be packed with patients, right? Well, they're not. For example, the Mayo Clinic, when they stopped all non-emergency medical care in late March, they began to lose millions of dollars a day. The hospital network of the Mayo Clinic produced $1 billion, with a B, in net operating revenue last year, but now expects to lose $900 million in 2020, even after furloughing workers, cutting doctor pay, and halting new construction projects. The American healthcare system, the way we have it set up, here's how you make money as an American hospital. You provide surgeries, scans, and other well-reimbursed services to privately insured patients whose plans pay higher prices than public programs like Medicare and Medicaid. Well, the COVID-19 outbreak screwed all that up because all these procedures are now being canceled, these tests are being postponed, and a lot of newly unemployed Americans expect to lose the health coverage they received at work. 
again, I'm not going to get into it. I don't understand our healthcare system at all. It makes no sense to me. I just want to know. And you know what? I know I have a lot of conservative. Most of you are conservative. That's fine. I'm conservative in many ways too. But you can't. Let me hear. A, let me hear a solid explanation why the. Remember when Bernie was going across the border to Canada and saying like a dose of insulin was like a buck, and down here it was like ten bucks. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but there was a huge price disparity. And so I'm like, and and why? Why is that? Nobody can ever explain that to me. I would love to do a, actually a podcast with like a healthcare professional, like a guy who runs a hospital. I have so many questions because none of it makes sense. And Obamacare doesn't do anything. All that does is get the, give people insurance. More people have insurance. But you know, you're paying for their insurance. So it's basically a welfare program. But should there be insurance at all? It's a whole discussion that I'm fascinated with. But yeah, going back to the hospitals, they're losing an estimated $50 billion a month now. And yeah, a lot of them are losing their jobs. 134,000 hospital employees were among the estimated 1.4 million healthcare workers who lost their jobs last month. And across the country, hospitals reported seeing between 40 and 70% fewer patients from late March through early May, many of them scheduled for profitable services like orthopedic surgery and radiological scans. So I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. Uh, what else? The uh, state official who heads up Pennsylvania's health department, Dr. Rachel Levin, um, had uh, was very upset during a press conference after a reporter referred to Levin several times as Sir. Uh, if you don't know, Dr. Rachel Levin is a transgender woman um, and a radio personality called Levin, uh, sir, in both his initial question and follow-up, and Levin <laughs> warned Griffin to not misgender her. And then the woke mayor of Pittsburgh, Pil Beduto. <laughs> it's Bill Petuto. Okay. <laughs> Whatever his name is. He's another idiot. The mayor of Pittsburgh is the fucking guy filling in skate parks with sand. He's one of those people. While 80% of his region's deaths are from nursing homes. I talked about that last week. Anyway, Woke Bill was so upset that he canceled a morning uh, in a radio interview with their station. And he put out on social media, this is the punishment for this abhorrible behavior. I'm just canceling this interview. I will not support KDKAR radio behavior, said Bill, said woke Bill. Uh, you know, I, I, I should have had this next to the contact tracing story, but I, as I was just saying, you know, these people, this can be abused as contact tracing. And there is a story out of New, uh, New Zealand. And a New Zealand woman says she is feeling a little upset after a restaurant worker misused her personal information to make uh, a romantic approach to her. <laughs> she had put her details into the contact tracing form, and the form asked for her name, home, ad home address, email address, and phone number, so she put all those details down. Uh, but then she got a Facebook request, Instagram request, Facebook messenger approach, and a text from the guy who served her her Subway sandwich because he was able to use her contact tracing details. Yeah, guys, that's not going to work out for you really well. 
All right, I've got a few audio clips here. Let's start with the governor of Michigan, uh, Whitmer. Gretchen, is it, is it, uh, what's her first name? Governor Gretchen Whitmer, I think. Yeah, that's her name. Okay, so here she's saying uh, she they have a lot of protests over there, and she doesn't like you uh, rednecks and your guns uh, going out there. So first of all, here she is saying, you better stay at home or I'm going to get you. Let's hear from her. Governor Whitmer, armed militia members are now pledging to block police from enforcing the closure of the Owasso Barbershop that is open in defiance of the stay-at-home order. What are your thoughts on this and those doubting your authority to enforce these orders? Um, thanks for the question. I first want to start by saying I know how frustrating this can be uh, and tough this can be for people across our state, people that are self-isolating, people that are um, doing all of the right things and contributed to these this decline that we've seen. Um, I also know a lot of people that could use a haircut, you know, yours truly included, as well as my husband, frankly. But what matters most here is that we are on a trajectory where we have saved lives, where the most crucial thing is that business owners have customers who will come to them and employees that think it's, know it's safe to show up to work. What we need to do is continue what we have done. It's working. And for people that want to um, voice their frustration, that's fine. But I expect people to follow the law. These executive orders are not a suggestion. They're not optional. They're not helpful hints. There you go. They're not helpful hints. You better stay home. She's going to lock you guys up. All right, then here is uh, Governor Whitmer on these lockdown protesters bringing their guns to the protests, and she doesn't like you guys sure. doing that. Uh, here she is talking to Chuck Todd here. Let's listen You're to taking more protester incoming, um, really, than anybody else. Um, do you think, is it, is it, Organized? Do you do you think this is organic or not? You know, Chuck. If you look at poll after poll, the vast majority of people believe that we're doing the right thing. It doesn't mean everyone's happy with it. I know that. I'm not happy sure. to have to be in this moment. But most people believe that this is the right thing to do. We saw how scary it was in the early days. Many of us have lost loved ones. I've lost a dear friend of mine in the last 24 hours, and it is heartbreaking. And no one wants to lose a loved one to COVID-19. And yet, we also know that when these events happen, they are political rallies. Make no mistake about it. It's not just people that disagree. This is an organized effort. They bring Confederate flags, which is not something you see in Michigan oh, very scary. often. They bring swastikas and and long guns. They bring their anti-choice, you know, propaganda. And I think oh, this oh, is... Oh, no, not anti-choice propaganda. Wow, how dare they? For You know, she's such so dumb. All political... First of all, all protests are political rallies. Come on. Uh, then what else do I have? Oh, this one is great. So Gavin Newsom, my governor, he's the, the pompous buffoon up here he was trying to make a speech in front of the cal fire truck and some trucker going by started laying on his horn while he was talking so so he gives up talking and then he makes one of the firefighters come up and talk while this guy is just blaring his horn uh anyway it's pretty funny let's uh hear again acres uh, that we will complete in terms of vegetation management this year uh chief porter can reflect that in terms of numbers i think someone was very pleased to hear that uh, with numbers comparing and contrasting to previous years. Um, as it relates, um, as it relates 
to that, why don't I just, with the noise, ask Chief Porter to come up and talk about So, uh, fuel reduction. Uh, oh, okay. So you let him talk over the, through the horn? Come on, man. You got to fight through that. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, the protests. Yeah, there's been a lot of protesting going around. Here is some uh, people who are shouting in front of a like some sort of breakfast joint. I don't know what state this was in. And... Um, You'll just hear the cop walking up. This is from the cop's body cam, and you're going to hear the cop saying, like, hey, get out of my way, and a lot of them don't, so he starts arresting people. Let's take a listen. All right, folks, make a way. Why? They don't have to let you in. They don't have to let you in. No, they don't. We've been waiting for hours. No, we do not. We've been waiting for hours. Don't interfere with my job, okay? Do not interfere. For interfering, okay? Make a way, folks. Make a way. Make a way. Make a way. Clear away. Clear away. Put your hand behind your back for me. Put your hand behind your back for me. Put your hand behind your back for me. Put your hand behind your back for there they go, and he's leading them off, the cops. I kind of feel bad for the cops in a way. They're really in a no-win situation. Uh, and then this was good. Uh, so CNN was getting crapped all over because uh, they had Greta Thunberg on her, their panel of experts. So I'm going to play a clip first of all. CNN made this big special on coronavirus, and for some reason they thought... Teenage school dropout with Asperger's, Greta Thunberg, would be a valuable commenter on this. I don't know what expertise she would provide, but let's listen to Greta, and then we're going to listen to Anderson Cooper cry about all of you criticizing him. So first, let us hear from uh, Greta Thunberg. One of the things I've seen you talk about online, too, is just how important it is to listen to experts and listen to science. And this is a time when, you know, I was not a very good science student, um, when I was in school, um, but this is a time it seems that you know the global scientific community is so critically important, and we're really seeing just how important it is to to follow science. Yes, yes, exactly, and and I hope that we can see now the the scientific community are stepping up and they are they are speaking up more than they have they done before because. Obviously, this is a crisis that requires the scientific community to speak up, and um, and I hope that people really. It it feels like uh, science is getting uh, the role of science is is changing now. It's becoming more. People are starting to realize that we are actually depending on science and that we need to listen to scientists and experts. And I I really hope that we that that stays and that that also. Um, is is for for other crises such okay. as okay. All right, yeah, I can't listen to her anymore. I'm so tired of listening to this. Listen to the scientists. We are listening to them. A lot of them have been wrong. Okay, how do you get around that? I've gone over exhaustively how they've been wrong in the last couple. Of, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. But don't just say like, oh, science, and expect that's some sort of magic shield from criticism. 
doesn't work that way. Your science can be wrong, and that's the nature of science anyway. Science is never settled. I don't care what they say. It's constantly being challenged and questioned. And now, so now, stupid Anderson Cooper, who remember Anderson Cooper was from a billionaire family, and he started off as a reality TV show host. And then he got a job wearing his tight black T-shirt in, like, Haiti, and now he thinks he's, like, a real newsman. And he was very offended. And, you know, it's funny. Anderson Cooper, it's funny when he gets mad. His eyes start bulging out like he's trying to maintain his composure. So here he is at the end, and you'll, his eyes are, like, bulging out as he says this. And he takes a few pot shots at Trump and Donald Trump Jr., I guess. But uh, let's listen to Anderson Cooper uh, blasting all of you who dared question why he had a teenage high school dropout Earlier on. today, as I mentioned. And I just wanted to take a moment to point out kind of a surreal, absurd drama that played out over the last 24 hours online and amazingly in some reputable news sources. Yesterday, CNN ran an ad with pictures of some of our guests who would be on this two-hour program tonight, who you've already seen. Take a look, this is the ad that we ran. It's got pictures of Kathleen Sebelius, former CDC director Richard Besser. It's got a picture of Sanjay. No picture of me. Okay, but that's okay. That's fine. I don't need another picture of me. And there's a picture of Greta Thunberg. Now, later, the ad was Greta updated Thunberg. to include the commissioner of baseball when he confirmed that he indeed would be on this broadcast as well. So that's the ad that then ran. Apparently, someone with a blue check on Twitter saw the initial ad and was outraged and claimed that we had booked Greta Thunberg to be an expert on a coronavirus panel with other health experts. Then, of course, Donnie Trump Jr. jumped into this, which is weird because I thought he was allegedly running whatever remains of the Trump organization. I mean, shouldn't that be like a really busy job since it's, you know, allegedly such a great big company? Anyway, once DJ TJ started typing, then other people with blue checks on Twitter also started doing their thing because everyone has to produce content these days. That's what it's all about. It's like a tween on TikTok. You got to produce content lest you miss out on a cycle of phony outrage. Then someone who's apparently a reporter at Forbes uh, wrote an article about this alleged controversial booking and the concern about it. And the New York Post today wrote about it as well, claiming we were having her on a panel, which is what the first person on Twitter was claiming, which was made up. It was made up then, it was made up today in the Post. And in case you think this is some sort of cover-up Look at our past ads for shows. Okay, I'm just going to stop him here. Okay, okay. so she's not on a panel, but she is a guest on your show, Anderson. And for what? Why is she on your show? To provide what? Didn't you just say, oh, listen to the scientist? Is she a scientist? <sighs> He's such a fucking dope, dude. Honestly, and I have more about the media failing later, I am so glad to see them all going down in flames. They're worthless, and they're all easily replaced by... Uh, Anderson Cooper could easily be replaced by a thousand other far-left dumbasses in a, in the blink of an eye. So, and, and so, like, I don't know, maybe differentiate yourself as a road to profitability in the media sector. Maybe don't be the same old far-left liberal. And then this one is going around, too. Okay, here is... This guy is a, a local journalist on Long Island or something, and the president actually retweeted this tweet from Kevin Vesey, who is a reporter, and he went out there to get the story from some of these protesters, and uh, Kevin Vesey went out there, and the crowd was not happy to see him, and you're going to hear them yelling at him. Let's I'm listen. I'm just trying to get by on the sidewalk, that's all. Well, you shouldn't be here. You're fake news. You stopped. You stopped airing the Trump briefings, and you keep airing Cuomo briefings. Go home, Traitor. you fake news. Fake Go news. home. You're destroying something in Long Island. You are the enemy of the people. You are, you are the 
Brenda, we know you want to keep your job. We get it. You're not getting advertiser dollars right now. You're not going to answer? So you're just going to go live? Yes, I am getting a paycheck. I'm very happy, but other people are not getting paychecks. And they're not getting... You used to be a good channel at one time. I don't know what happened to you. So basically, and then Twitter got their panties in a bunch, and all the woke vets were super mad. You guys, this is like the end of the republic. And this guy was not hurt. He was not pushed. He was not harmed in any way. I swear, these media are a fucking joke. They go after people's lives. They destroy people's lives for sending out the wrong meme or whatever. And then they go out, and they expect they're going to be immune from criticism. You expect that you're not going to be confronted, and people aren't going to push back on you a little bit. They have the same right as you do, Kevin Vesey, to walk down the sidewalk and say what they want, just like you do. Fucking all, they just whine and cry and cry, and they should be yelled at. All the misinformation they've been putting out, I have no sympathy for them at all. And this guy wants to whine on Twitter. And, of course, all the Twitter people are like, oh, this is the end of the republic. It's just like, shut up. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to skip that one. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, just wrap it up there, you guys. That's pretty much the end of our coronavirus update. Let's move on with some world news. How about this? Let's start with the Netherlands. And five surfers drowned off the coast of the Dutch beach resort of Schwenningen after they were caught in strong winds and foamy waters. And the rescuers from the Dutch Coast Guard began a search operation shortly after six surfers went missing. Three were people rescued, two of whom were later pronounced dead, and then two further bodies were found Tuesday morning, and one was seen floating out to sea. They never found that last one. Those deaths shocked the surfing community in the Netherlands, and the rescue operation was very complicated by strong winds and a rough sea. So, uh, you know, a lot of European countries have severely restricted outdoor activities during the coronavirus pandemic, but the Netherlands did take a more relaxed approach, only asking people to stay at home as much as possible and to respect social distancing. Many beaches are closed, but surfing has been allowed as long as surfers respect the 1.5 meter social distance. Okay. Like again, just unenforceable, right? Uh, let's go to this story and guys, I, I have posted a lot. I don't know on So I've kind of maintained a delineation line between my Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, I've usually just reserved for kind of like, you know, beach stuff and stuff like that. Occasionally, I'll throw in some something I'm talking about on Twitter. And then Twitter, I reserve for like all the politics and what's going on, current events. 
But I tweeted this about this, and then I put it on Instagram because I felt so strongly about it, and I got a huge response from you guys. Many uh, former PJs actually contacted me, current and former PJs. Uh, many current former um, AFSOC operators con- commented to me about this, and this was the article I put out. And this is at Yahoo News, and this is the commander of Air Force Special Operations Command, AFSOC, who said this week that the selection process for operators in the future will be less about assessing physical prowess, instead placing more emphasis on algorithms and analytics. Air Force Lieutenant General James Sliffy, it's S-L-I-F-E, I don't know, give a fuck how you pronounce his last name, he said, yes, we are, he said, quote, we are moving ourselves increasingly away from an assessment and selection program that is based on performance and more towards one that is based on attributes, end quote. This fucking, you know what? I can't even tell you guys the rage that this brought up in me. And indeed, I'm feeling all of your messages. I got dozens and dozens of messages from current and former operators about this. And basically what he's saying is, no, 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 we're going to use it. You know what this is all about? This is all about trying to get women in. Let's fucking be real with it. I mean, come on. And this is the biggest problem with Air Force Special Operations, okay? This general, the commander of AFSOC, he's not an operator, okay? The commander of U.S. SOCOM is an operator. Uh, The commander of U.S. Army Special Operations Command, USASOC, former Green Beret, The commander of the Ranger Regiment is a Ranger. Uh, The commander of Naval Special Warfare is a SEAL. And the commander of AFSOC is a helicopter pilot. That is the fucking number one basic biggest problem with AFSOC right there and why they're always considered and why they probably always will be the redheaded stepchild of special operations. You can't understand the culture or any of it if you didn't go through it. And I'm, I don't care what fucking general you are. Now, the Air Force is, is pretty dumb. I wouldn't be surprised if they allowed at one point a non-flyer to command a fighter wing. I would be very, very, very shocked. But I'm just going to assume they would never do that. So why the fuck would you have a non-operator command the Special Operations Command when he knows nothing about the culture, he knows nothing about the physical requirements or anything else that goes along with the job? Really, you're going to move away from an, a, an assessment based on performance, really. I would fucking love to see this guy trying to climb up out of the ocean onto a helicopter's rope ladder going up 30 feet at night with all his gear, which I've had to do, by the way. It's a fucking bitch. And you tell me you don't have to be physically fit. I've had multiple friends who are attached to uh, various special operations task forces doing fucking rucks up the Afghanistan mountains. And these guys were studs and they were still got their ass handed to them. I mean, it is just a smoke show. And at the end of the day, it's also a cultural thing. And these fucking guys can't understand it because they're not these like they're, they don't come from that warrior culture. They just don't in that culture. Your physical prowess is (laughs) This sounds like so primitive to people listening who aren't in the arena, but it's just, this is a fact of life. Physical fitness is such a huge part of it. There's competitions. 
there's bragging rights within this the squadron level units. I mean, who's who's doing the most pull-ups? Who can run the fastest? It's like that. That's the way it is. That's the culture. And then this fuck face comes along and he's gonna tell you, ah, you don't need to fucking do pull-ups. What do you fucking know about it? Nothing. Yep, and AFSOC is run by pilots. And you wonder why there's no standalone missions for Air Force Special Warfare when there's plenty of standalone missions for Naval Special Warfare and the U.S. Army. Uh, but yeah, I, that's just a huge cultural problem, and that's what they think. They think they're going to use an algorithm to predict success. They, uh, they do that. And I had so many of you guys message me saying, uh, one guy in particular said that during his selection, they did not pick up a former Navy diver with like 10 years of experience who was super motivated, awesome teammate, great leader. And the Air Force uh, did not select him for the special warfare program because the algorithm. At the same time, they did select some 18-year-old fuckhead with questionable social media history. You know, because the algorithm said that he was the better fit. You know, this be-all, end-all is not going to work. And you just can't understand it, and you can't even know what the fuck I'm talking about until you go through it. And the trust that somebody has in a special warfare unit or a Navy SEAL team or a Green Beret ODA, a lot of that trust stems from that guy went through the same ass-kicking I did. And you're all part of that, like, brotherhood, and you have that shared experience. I'm just, I'm just going in my mind. I'm thinking back to some of the most heinous physical things I ever did, like, in the military. One of them... <laughs> Here's a quick story. Here's one. When we went to Colorado to do some um, terrain, uh, alternate terrain uh, training, and it was wintertime, and we went to Aspen. We did a few days of skiing. No big deal. It was great. But then we did, like, the Colorado hut system. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but basically they built this series of huts in the in the Rocky Mountains. And so we got on our skis, and we were, gonna, we were going to tra traverse to the hut system. And on the map, we looked at the map, and we're like, okay, this should take us about six hours. It ended up taking us, like, 15 hours, I think, like, something like that. And, the, like, the last, like, two miles was, like, something like 4,000 feet of vertical travel on skis, and it was getting dark. So we're on skis. Everybody's got, like, 50 pounds of shit. We're actually hauling stuff, too. And we're trying to traverse up this goddamn mountain <laughs> with skis. And dudes were so smoked. I can't even tell you how horrible it was like guys were like falling over into tree wells you know and like you know when it you know in the mountains when it snows the bottom of the tree there's like no snow around it because the tree shielded it but there's a big hole there so guys would like you know step wrong and they'd fall into the tree well now they got like one ski sticking up in the air and the other one buried in the snow and they got a 50 pound ruck on their back and 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 nobody's helping them because everybody else is just tired as fuck and waiting for them to get up and it was just miserable and how could you fucking even possibly even begin to understand that and what it takes to get through that if you're a fucking helicopter pilot? You can't. And that's just one. I've, I have tons of stories. That was just one of them that came to mind. The, one of the worst physical punishments in my life. And, and every PJ, every SEAL, every Green Beret has got those. And you remember. That's, those are the ones you remember. You really remember the suck fests of everything else. I've forgotten a lot of stuff about my military career. The things I haven't forgotten were the shittiest times where you're like, dude, this is the fucking worst thing in my life right now. 
and you rem- that sticks with you for the rest of your life. I remember it like it was yesterday. So this fucking general, this helicopter pilot, he doesn't get it. He'll never get it. And a lot of people at the Pentagon working with lots of badges on themselves who never went through anything like that will never get it. And they don't know. So it's just really discouraging to me, and I don't know what it's going to take for the Air Force to pull their head out of their ass. Like, I don't think the, the whole I can, I can, I can actually get to a point where I can see pararescue going away in our lives, guys. I'll admit it. Because remember, like in the Vietnam War, you know, pilots are getting shot down left and right, right? And that's where a lot of the PJ training of the 80s started. Like, you know, rescuing a downed pilot was a scenario. And even when I went through, that was still a scenario. Okay, when is the last time a fucking pilot got shot down? It just doesn't happen. So you have to transition into what's relevant now. And other, other, I don't know about the other special operations units, but I know the Air Force, they're trying to do the right thing with this Air Force special warfare concept. I mean, every, without question, all PJs, TACPs, combat controllers should be under AFSOC. I don't care if they're in the reserves or not. I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is now. I know at one point some PJs were under Air Combat Command and not AFSOC because the pilots, again, of the fighter wings who, who run shit in the Air Force, they wanted PJs in case one of them got shot down. I mean, get get fucking real here. Anyway, that's my little fucking rant. I don't want to get too much into it. Adapt or die. That's what I'm just going to tell you. And don't tell me a fucking algorithm is going to replace that physical culture. That's the root of everything. That is the that is the foundation. You want the strongest, fastest operators you can possibly have. And then everything else will fall into place. Let's turn to Afghanistan here. And, yeah, they had a brutal attack uh, this week. A couple of them. First, three militants stormed a hospital in Kabul soon after 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, and they shot new mothers dead before the newborns in their arms had even seen the light outside the hospital. At least 15 people were killed inside the hospital, including mothers, babies, medical workers, and one police officer. And as security forces were scrambling in Kabul, about 100 miles to the east in the province of Nangarhar, a suicide bomber walked into the funeral for a local police commander, and the bomber detonated his explosives not far from the corpse. The 59-year-old police commander had survived many battles and attacks, and he had died of a heart attack, and now his body was riddled with shrapnel. The explosion killed at least 25 people and wounded 68 others. Yeah, they're they're looking at basically 100 lives taken in one day. And what is crushing Afghanistan is not just the sheer brutality of the attacks. I mean, they had newborn babies soaked in blood in their dead mother's arms. But what's crushing the Afghans is the failure of anything to even bring a reprieve to this violence. Remember, the U.S. and the Taliban signed that preliminary peace agreement in February... And instead of bringing the two-decade war closer to an end, the insurgents have only cranked up attacks around the country, inflicting heavy casualties on Afghan forces with dozens killed every day. Remember, the Taliban are still insisting on a release of up to 5,000 of their prisoners before considering any other further concessions. And then meanwhile, (laughs) you got to love it. A one-time police chief... Uh, General Abdul Jalil 
Batawar. He was an enemy of the Taliban, right? But he decided to uh, join the other side. That's right. He has now switched sides and joined the Taliban. And of course, what the Taliban do, you saw all kinds of social media accounts with the Taliban showing the former Afghan police chief now celebrating with them. And this fits in with their propaganda push. This is awful. It's also it's a high-profile case of how the two-decade war is splitting up families, sometimes pitting fathers against sons. So the general's son, Masood Bakhtawar, is the deputy governor of Farah. So he's in government there, and now he's trying to like play this down, but... Uh, uh, it's not it's not working too well. The insurgents put out pictures of the general's joining ceremony. They have a joining ceremony. He was shown wearing a turban, garlands of flowers around his neck, and surrounded by Taliban fighters and their white flags. Oh God, Afghanistan! What you know? What if I didn't fucking laugh about it, I'd cry. You guys, I really would. Just thinking about it, twenty years, twenty years, thousands of Americans dead over there. Our best people trillions of dollars and fucking for what makes me want to fucking barf honestly all right let's keep going around the world uh on tuesday detectives in australia arrested and charged a 49 year old man in the 1988 killing of scott johnson an american mathematician in what officials eventually labeled an anti-gay hate crime now, Scott Johnson was a 27-year-old doctoral student at the Australian National University. He had moved to Australia to be with his partner, and his body was found in an area frequented by gay men. Um, so, yeah, they, they had a big reward and everything, and uh, so they finally did arrest the suspect. Now, after the arrest, the police did not say what led them to the suspect, who they did not identify, but the Australian Broadcasting Corporation is identifying the uh, perpetrator as a guy named Scott White. So, cold case solved in Australia. Uh, how about this? Germany has made public burning of the European Union flag or that of another country punishable by up to three years of jail, classifying it as a hate crime. You believe these people? Uh, oh, my God. The bureaucrats in the EU are now a protected class. Isn't that great? They don't have a U.S. Constitution in Europe. It's too bad. Yep. The... Uh, they said uh, one dopey minister in Germany said, quote, burning flags publicly has nothing to do with peaceful protests, end quote. She, of course it's a chick, said it stoked up hatred, anger, and aggression and hurt many people's feelings. You know what? I hate you know flag murders as much as anybody, but I totally think it should be legal, of course. It's a, obviously a protected form of expression. In America, it is. Remember, Germany, America's the last, America's all we got, guys. There's nobody else in Europe. Europe is not a free place. European countries do not have freedom. They, they, they pretend they do, but they don't. You can go to fucking, you can get visited by the cops if you misgender somebody over there. So, 
they're they're just yeah you know these social justice warriors that's the road to fucking tyranny right there this one came out pretty recently too this was interesting one of the most wanted fugitives of the 1994 Rwandan genocide a guy named Felician Kabuga was arrested this morning in France According to French authorities, uh, he was 84 years old and living under a false identity, and this capture of the perpetrator was the culmination of a decades-long international hunt across many countries on at least two continents. You guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know I've talked about the Rwandan genocide several times. And uh, they think that his arrest, which is considered the most important apprehension by an international tribunal in the past decade, could help bring long-awaited justice for his actions more than a generation after the killing of at least 800,000 and perhaps as many as 1 million ethnic Tutsis in the small Central African nation. And they think that this will also help unravel some of the mysteries of that genocide, particularly how much planning went into it. Remember, the genocide also led to a catastrophic war in neighboring Democratic Republic of Congo and continues to destabilize much of Central Africa today. So he's being accused by the International Criminal Tribunal of Rwanda of being the main financier and logistical backer of the political and militia groups that committed the genocide. So he's been on the run for 23 years since he was indicted on multiple charges of genocide. So it's really not known how he entered France and how he managed to evade detection. But yeah, they did find him, and he is expected to be handed over to the United Nations prosecutors with his trial expected to take place in the tribunal successor court in Tanzania. Very good. Uh, let's talk about Iran. For the second time this year, Iran appears to have fired a missile at the wrong target with deadly consequences, raising questions about its ability to control its weapons. <laughs> On Sunday, last Sunday, a missile from an Iranian frigate struck another Iranian naval vessel during a military exercise in the Gulf of Oman, killing at least 19 sailors and wounding 15. Remember, this follows in January when Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps shot down that Ukrainian Airlines passenger plane with two missiles, killing 176 passengers and crew members, heavily covered here. Iran blamed human error for that shootdown. So we're still waiting for details on this whether it was a result of human error or faulty equipment. And uh, one professor at the Naval Postgraduate School said this was either a miscommunication or someone completely failed to follow protocols, or it was a combination of both. And the same professor said this exposes the Iranians' military uh, inexperience and lack of professionalism. Hmm. By Tuesday morning, at least, Iran had not offered an explanation for the accident, only saying that during military exercises that uh, there was an incident and that a number of the Iranian Navy seamen were martyred. Yeah, scary Iran, right? Yeah, they can't even fucking manage to not kill, hit their own boats with missiles. Get out of here with them. Oh, they're so scary. 
Uh, what else do I? Let's keep going around the world here. Um, let's go to this one. This was uh, this was interesting. When word surfaced last weekend that a kidnapped 24-year-old Italian aid worker had been released after 18 months in captivity in Africa, Italians were overjoyed, right? Especially during all the coronavirus bullshit. But the welcome home became chillier when the Italian aid worker stepped off an Italian government plane wearing a green jilbab. That is the full-length outer garment worn by Muslim women. And this young woman, Silvia Romano, has apparently converted to Islam, and also it's rumored that Italy paid a ransom for her release. So there's been all kinds of uh, insults and everything on social media, and this girl has now been met with threats. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that Italy has been battling the, uh, you know, the influx of migrants, many of them Islamic from Northern Africa. So there's like a lot of tension there. And so now they're opening an investigation on the onslaught of threatening messages, uh, basically blasting her on social media somewhat. So this is like a big deal because Ms. Romano was kidnapped in November 2018 in the Kenyan city of Chikama. And they said she had been abducted by a gang affiliated with the militant group Al-Shabaab. And then she was gone for a long time. And now when she stepped off the plane, yeah, it was like a big shock. And everybody's like wondering, like, what the hell's going on? So that big story in the Italian media, I'm not going to get too much into it, but you guys should go check it out. Uh, Let's see. How about Venezuela? Let's go there really quick. You know, they are, their, their currency, we've talked about that a lot. And it's pretty funny because from they've gone from nearly free gasoline to out of reach gasoline in prices. In theory, a dollar could once theoretically buy about five billions of gallons of gasoline in Venezuela. Now a dollar gets you a half a pint of Venezuela of gasoline in Venezuela. And this swing in fuel costs paid by Venezuelans mirrors the irrational distortions in the country's mismanaged and isolated economy, remember, which have turned Venezuela from Latin America's richest nation to its poorest nation in little more than a decade. (laughs) Ten years of socialism was all it took, and now they're just like a complete basket case. Go read that whole thing. Uh, Here's a few uh, veteran stories. Let us start with... This one, and this one got to me, you guys. I was so bummed out about this. This was Medal of Honor recipient and former Green Beret Ronald Schurer has passed away at the age of 41. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was also a Secret Service agent, I should point out. He was undergoing tra- a treatment for lung cancer in Washington, D.C., and I followed him on Instagram, and his last post was basically like, you know, they're they're going to uh, they're going to put me under. He's going to be taken off a ventilator. He said he was very upset to write this. He's been unconscious for a week. They're going to try and take out the ventilator in a couple hours. They can't tell me if it will work. That was his final Instagram post. Well, sadly, he did end up passing away. Only forty-one years old. Just 
horrible. He was awarded the Medal of Honor in October 2018 for his actions as a Green Beret medic with 3rd Special Forces Group during the Battle of Shock Valley 10 years earlier. And, uh, yeah, it's just it was super bummer, dude. You know, that's a, like none of this shit matters at the end. That's why I don't take anything too seriously, you guys. I mean, at the end of the day, what matters is life and, like, your health. And just it's so sad to see, like, a guy, especially as accomplished as him, Green Beret, Medal of Honor, Secret Service agent, and then your body betrays you, 41 years old, and you're fucking gone. Very sad. I was, uh, I was very upset by that all day. Uh, okay, let's keep going. I've got a few other military stories. For example, this one, this was interesting. I didn't know about this. Um, there are apparently Nazi swastikas on some gravestones at veteran cemeteries. And this was a big deal. This is a pair of veterans uh, cemeteries. And at least... Three grave sites at two different VA cemeteries. One is Fort Sam Houston National Cemetery in Texas and Fort Douglas Post Cemetery in Utah. Both of these cemeteries were used to inter dozens of unclaimed remains of enemy troops following World War II. While most of the foreign troops' grave markers list only names and dates of deaths, the three in question are also engraved with the swastika in the center of an iron cross and an inscription in German which reads, quote, He died far from his home for the Führer, people and fatherland, end quote. These headstones date back to the 40s, and now people are in an uproar because of the swastikas. But the VA is saying, you know what, we are going to, uh, this is part of history, and uh, they go back, they're, they're old, and we're not going to uh, play this game, so we're just going to keep them. So good. I mean, fucking move on, guys. You know what? I'm so sick of everybody getting their fucking panties in a bunch over, like, a swastika. If you see a swastika, it's a national story. Some kids carved a swastika in a bathroom. Fucking breaking news on our local news media at 11. Like, who fucking cares? You're giving that loser exactly what they want. If you just ignored it, like, none of this shit would even happen and you would never even know about it. And then, another military story. The United States Navy has granted a waiver allowing a transgender service member to serve in their preferred gender for the first time since the military enacted a transgender ban. Yes, Navy spokeswoman uh, Brittany Stevens told CNN, the acting secretary of the Navy has approved a specific request for exemption related to military service by transgender persons and persons with gender dysphoria. This service member requested a waiver to serve in their preferred gender to include obtaining a gender marker change and being allowed to adhere to standards associated with their preferred gender, such as uniforms and grooving. Grooming. And yes, it is a, it's a male-to-female uh, transgender officer, naval officer. Remember, we did ban individuals who had been diagnosed with gender dysphoria from joining the military and the ban prohibits transgender people from joining the military and prohibits anyone currently in the military from transitioning genders 
So the Defense Department's online guidelines say that transgender people can serve, but only if they meet the standards of the sex they were assigned to at birth. <laughs> assigned to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is what we're wasting our time on. Very good. And what else in the military? Anything else? Uh, the DOD's Inspector General apparently has received almost 300 tips for coronavirus uh, complaints. And uh, more than half of those complaints were for alleged violations of social distancing policy. <laughs> snitches. Snitches everywhere. Okay, this is a warning. The People magazine, they put it out. I've telling you, been telling you guys for years, you should not do this. An Arkansas woman befriended her mother's killer out of a, quote, spiritual obligation, end quote. Well, guess what happened, guys? Martha McKay was nice to Travis Lewis, who was convicted and released after he killed her mother and cousin in 1996. Well, she herself was then killed by the same guy on March 25th, 2020. Horrible. She was found stabbed and bludgeoned to death at the stop top of her stairs she was 63 years old authorities pulled the body of her killer out of the lake he had jumped in and drowned during a police chase and yes it was travis lewis who had been convicted at 17 years old for the horrific 1996 murders of her mother who was 75 and her cousin 52 he pled guilty to the murders but he never confessed and she befriended him after he went to prison. He was sentenced to 28 and a half years after pleading guilty. Uh, she was a longtime Buddhist, right? So there's good in everybody. Well, bit you on the ass this time. Let's keep going. Georgia officials are asking the public to help them track four-foot-long invasive lizards. Dude, I would fucking freak out if I saw, if I saw one of these things. They're huge. What is this thing called? Uh, let me see. Let me get to the CNN article, and I have to go down like through the fourth paragraph to find a name of it. It is the Argentine black and white tegus lizard, T-E-G-U-S. And yeah, they grow up to four feet in size and can eat just about anything they want. They'll eat the uh, eggs and other reptiles such as American alligators and tortoises, who are both protected species, by the way. Uh, so they believe the lizards are in Tombs and Tatnall counties. The lizards are native to South America, and they multiply fast. Does it say how... Uh, huh. doesn't say how they got uh, out into the wild. It probably was somebody's pet pets and went from there. Okay, let's go to... Let's go to the old uh, political roundup here. And let's start with Sleepy Joe Biden. As you guys know, Sleepy Joe has been locked in his basement. Uh, this is, honestly, I've said it before, the coronavirus is the best thing that ever happened to his campaign. Can you imagine how many gaffes I would have played by now if Joe Biden was actually allowed to be out walking around people, sniffing hair and doing all his stuff? Uh, but anyway, he was interviewed by... Clinton hack, George Stephanopoulos. And it was funny because he first said he knew nothing about the Michael Flynn investigation. And then uh, 
Stephanopoulos pressed him on it, kudos to him, because a list came out about the unmasking, the officials. I'm not going to get into the whole unmasking thing, you guys. I have no patience for it. But basically, Joe Biden was one of the officials who was cleared hot on unmasking Michael Flynn in those calls. So let's listen to George Stephanopoulos talk to Sleepy Joe here. He called it, quote, the biggest political crime in U.S. history. Your former Senate colleague, Charles Grassley, has added that Flynn was entrapped and asked on the Senate floor, what did Obama and Biden know? When did they know it? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. The country is in crisis. We're in an economic crisis, a health crisis. We're in real trouble. He should stop trying to always divert attention from the real concerns of the American people. The American people are worried with good reason. He has acted irresponsibly from the very beginning. He continues to act irresponsibly. He hasn't done his job. This is all about diverting attention, diverting attention from the horrible way in which he has acted with what he did. He's not the, we don't have coronavirus because of him, but we have the devastating impact of it because of his lack of a policy, uh, his I, lack of action. I do it's all about it. diversion. I do want to press that. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question. Michael, Michael Flynn over those uh, conversations he had with the uh, Russian ambassador Kislyak. Whoops. <laughs> now, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that, there, that they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. <laughs> uh, I don't think anything else. You know. Look, think get out of here. Come on. Oh, stop. Uh, guys, all this. Hey, is anybody going to ask Obama about any of this? All the fucking three years we had, $30 million, Robert Mueller, all that crap that we went through as a country, and not one fucking journalist and not one investigator ever asked Barack Obama what he knew and when he knew it. That's all. Isn't okay, Even if you think, even if you're a resistance guy, right, and you hate Trump and all that, don't you think that's fucking weird, dude? That you wouldn't ask the guy in charge, like, what, hey, what did you know about this anyway? <laughs> I mean, remember, according to the text between the uh, FBI lovebirds, uh, Peter Strzok and the uh, homewrecker chick, uh, Obama wanted to be kept abreast of everything they were doing. And yet nobody, Robert, stupid St. Robert Mueller didn't even bother asking Obama anything. Isn't that weird? Come on. Uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, but uh, a few political races did happen out here. Mike, uh, Republican Mike Garcia won in California's special election. Yeah, the thruple. Remember Katie Hill, who was forced to resign in disgrace? Yeah, they had a special election. And the 25th Congressional District in California was won by Mike Garcia. And he has become the first Republican to flip a seat held by a Democrat in California since 1998. Now, it is true that before the thruple held the seat, it was a longtime Republican seat. But you know what? At this point, any California conservative will take this as a victory. And it's funny, you never... This was quickly forgotten by the media. 
Remember, they fi- if any other seat gets flipped, if it's won by a Democrat, the media spends like two days on many, many long panels wondering about, is this the boat? This, how does this bode for Trump? But they pretended this election never happened, and he won by quite a bit. Remember, Hillary Clinton had won that district by seven points in 2016. Uh, and Mike uh, Garcia fucking blasted his Democratic opponent by like t- by like 10 points. It wasn't even close. Uh, so he is a Navy fighter pilot who is the son of a Mexican immigrant. So uh, very good. That's uh, good stuff. And he was not the only uh, California election that went on. Also, another election, if it ever decides to show up on my computer here. Here we go. Melissa Melendez, an assemblywoman, has won her election to become the Inland Empire's newest state senator with a commanding lead over her Democratic opponent. Again, she beat her Democratic opponent by about 10 points. And this is around uh, uh, Riverside County. And Melissa Melendez is also a Navy veteran and the former mayor of Lake Elsinore. And she has also become uh, flipped a seat. So very good. Hey, you never know in California. And I know there's like a big protest going on here. I've been tagged in a few tweets. And I want to know, uh, you guys, it's no mystery that I always fucking do the podcast on Saturday. So for all you people who keep saying, hey, where are you? Why aren't you at the protest? This is what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, Let us finish the political roundup. Not a whole lot went on this week, honestly. Oh, no, wait. I did have a few other things here. Let's go to... uh, Let's go to this question. This was the journalists were, were uh, losing their shit over this. This was earlier in the week when Trump was talking to an Asian-American reporter. And he told her that she should ask China something. And she was like, well, why are you saying that to me? In other words, like, why? Because I'm Asian. And the media was very upset by this. Let's listen to this clip in this back and forth. Numerous other states that have told me the same thing. That's, by the way, a good problem, not a bad problem. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. What, sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty please question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? When okay, uh, anybody else? Please go ahead in the back, please. I have, t- I have two questions. No, it's okay. But we'll you pointed here. to me. I have two questions, Mr. Next, President. Next, please. But you, did, you called on me. <laughs> I did, and you didn't respond, and now I'm calling on Sorry, I just the young lady in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague okay. finish, but can I ask you Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my God. This is such a waste of time. These, Dude, all these press conferences are for are for the fucking resistance journalists to get a viral moment so they can sell their book later, their crappy book that they're going to write. That's all these things do. And they know it. That's why they try to purposely ask these dumb questions so they can get a back and forth with Trump. It's so clear. Well, that was enough to send the ladies of The View 
uh, off about how Trump was super racist for telling this Asian American reporter to ask China. Let's listen to this. Joy, you say this is right on brand for him. What do you mean? He's, you know what, Whoopi, we all know now that he's a racist. He's a disgusting racist. We knew it when he attacked Mexicans. We knew it when he he defended Charlottesville people. And we know it when he goes after China and he goes after a Chinese-American girl. He is a racist. He throws red meat to his base on a regular basis. And anybody who still supports this guy needs to look in the mirror and ask themselves if they are racist also. That's all I have to say about him. I've had enough. Of him. That's funny coming from Joy Behar, who, remember, wore blackface. Yeah. You guys don't remember that, do you? Yeah. Google Joy Behar blackface, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But, yeah, everybody else is racist, right? And then this was a good one. A, Fred, a Fresno City Council president has been cited for battery after getting into a fight with anti-lockdown protesters who tried to force their way into his home. I have the audio clip. I'm going to play it in a moment. But a group of people opposing stay-at-home orders staged a protest outside the home of Fresno City Council President Miguel Arias. And the video will show Arias telling them to leave before he starts, like, pushing them. Well, the cops arrived, and they gave Arias three citations for misdemeanor uh, battery. So let's go to the uh, video clip here. Here we go. So, all right, a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, nobody should go to anybody's house, okay? I'm all for the public theater. I'm all for the fighting in public. You know, I've gone over this many times. We should have, uh, we should have uh, roped off areas of the beach or the park, and we'll allow everybody to fight. All the Antifa versus the freedom people, whatever. I'm all about that. I'm all about screaming. I'm all about all of it. Don't go to people's houses. But you know what's funny about this is because Antifa has been doing this kind of crap for years now, showing up outside people's houses, bullhorns. I've played many audio clips throughout the years of them doing just that, and the media thought that was just super cool. So this is what you get, and now the conservatives are starting to do it too, so I hope you're happy. I will say I'm wildly against that. You know, leave that shit out in the public forum. Leave it in the public arena. Don't go to people's houses. That's fucked up. I don't care whose side you're on. Uh, okay, let's just finish up the political roundup. I've got a few clips of uh, Trump here. Here he is talking about Biden being a big unmasker with the Flynn thing again. So the release of those names related to... Well, the unmasking is a massive, uh, it's a massive thing. It's, uh, 
I just got a list. It's, it's, who can believe a thing like this? And I watched Biden yesterday on Good Morning America being interviewed by one of your colleagues, George Stephanopoulos, and he said he knew nothing about anything. He has no idea. He knows nothing about anything. Nothing at all. And then it gets released today that he was a big unmasker. So how do you know nothing if you're one of the unmaskers? It's one of the very big stories, and I suspect you'll have, if it's possible, even bigger stories coming out. Okay, and then let's finish with Trump talking about how we are going to open vaccine or no vaccine. Be damned. Let's go. Vaccine project anywhere in history like this. And I just want to make something clear. It's very important. Vaccine or no vaccine, we're back. And we're starting the process. And in many cases, they don't have vaccines. And a virus or a flu comes, and you fight through it. We haven't seen anything like this in a hundred and some odd years, 1917. But you fight through it. And people sometimes, I guess, we don't know exactly yet, but it looks like they become immune, or at least for a short while and maybe for life. But you fight through it. But what we'd like to do, if we can, is the vaccine. I think we're going to be successful in doing it, and hopefully by the end of the year. Okay, that, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys could hear through the audio, but did you hear that, like, noise in the background? Apparently, there were a bunch of truckers staging a protest, and they were all laying on their horns, similar to the Gavin Newsom clip I played earlier. But uh, Trump uh, was just talking through it, if you were wondering what that noise was in the background. What's that? The whole vaccine obsession, and people are aware that vaccines aren't 100% effective, right? Like on a good year with the regular ass flu, I, they're like 60% effective is like a really good number. Other years, it's like 20%. So it's it's not a it's not a sure thing at all. So um, for those people hanging their hats on that, uh, I don't know about that one, bro. Okay, let's. Uh, that's our political roundup. Not a lot going on with the coronavirus, so let's keep going. Uh, Let's talk about some police right now. And a woman was shot and killed in her Louisville, Kentucky home by police executing a search warrant who forced their way in, surprising the woman and her boyfriend who thought the officers were burglars. And now a lawsuit has been filed. The woman is named Brianna Taylor, and she was an EMT, emergency medical tech. And he fired at the officers in self-defense the lawsuit accuses the three officers of blindly firing more than 20 shots into the apartment. After the March 13th incident, the Louisville Metro Police Department said the officers had knocked on the door several times and had announced their presence as police who were there with a search warrant. And after forcing their way in, they were immediately met by gunfire. So big discrepancy in the tales here. The... Death and the, the victim's family is being uh, represented by attorney Benjamin Crump. He is uh, involved in a lot of these cases. As a matter of fact, he's also representing the family of Ahmad Aubrey. That was the black man in Georgia who was killed after being pursued and shot by the two white men. I covered that last week. So, yeah, the... Brianna Taylor, who was only 26 years old, she was shot eight times by the cops. Kenneth Walker, this was her boyfriend, 27, was arrested and charged with assault and attempted murder on a police officer. 
Okay, so we're going to... Those stories are really fucking divergent, so the truth is um, bound to come out somewhere, hopefully. Okay, let's go to some police officers behaving badly. More, uh, even worse than that, if that's true, and who knows. Uh, A ex-Clay County Sheriff's deputy is facing new charges and having sex with a 15-year-old. Yes, Travis Pritchard shared explicit text messages with a 15-year-old girl while employed as a Clay County deputy and having sex with her. And he also, yes, repeatedly sent inappropriate pictures of himself. <laughs> God, he's, he's 36. Um, he was using Snapchat, and he started coming over to her house after her parents went to sleep to have sex with her on a weekly basis. He often crept through her bedroom window. Oh, come on, man. Yep, that's no good. And he's not the only one. This one's worse. A San Antonio police officer who pleaded guilty to child pornography charges has been formally terminated from his job. Sebastian Torres was first arrested on February 5th. He's just now been fired. So they finally got some of the details of his ter- in, in his termination paperwork. So according to the documents, Torres first sent eight Snapchat videos depicting him performing a sex act on himself <laughs> to a female acquaintance. And on the same day, he then sent the acquaintance five videos that appear to be of children engaging in sexually explicit conduct. While he was being interviewed, he told the cops that he's part of group chats that send similar content. He has pled guilty to the charges also. Jeez, come on. The cops, man. You guys should know better. Uh, This was also breaking last night. President Donald Trump last night on Friday fired State Department Inspector General Steve Linick, uh, the latest in a series of dismissals of independent government watchdogs that have come in the wake of the president's acquittal on articles of impeachment earlier this year. Trump announced his intent to remove Linick on Friday as the media's attention was focused on the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, The dismissal drew immediate condemnation from top Democrats who accused the president of engaging in a pattern of retaliation against public servants charged with oversight of his administration. Uh, He was apparently investigating or had opened an investigation into Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. They did not provide any details about the scope of that investigation. Uh, A State Department source said that there is an investigation into the alleged improper use by Pompeo of a political appointee. That's very vague. All right, so that's going to be the latest investigation. Uh, a teacher in a, in a high school in Las Vegas has been fired, and he has been accused of walking around shirtless, twerking on kids, groping boys' genitals, and telling a girl she could be a porn star, but he will not go to jail. 30-year-old Jonathan Cronin was charged with child abuse and performing sex acts with a teenage pupil at Sierra Vista High School in Las Vegas. He was a special needs teacher and wrestling coach. 
and he was arrested last year after cops gathered reports from several students, including at least one with learning difficulties. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? Boys said he either showed them pictures of naked women and he often touched their genitals either in class or during wrestling practice. Yeah, that's no good. He's denying uh, that he touched anybody's genitals. But he was given a suspended sentence of three to eight years after pleading guilty to one count of child abuse, and he must also register as a sex offender. Uh, let's go to ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, and Homeland Security. Uh, this is uh, this was a not so good story for him. They have documents showing that federal agents have engaged with sex acts with human trafficking victims. Yeah, they had a joint operation in like this is like the 2018 area. And Homeland Security Investigations, they have documents that show that some of their supervisors knew that federal undercover agents repeatedly paid for and engaged with sex acts with these unsuspecting victims. That fact, coupled with HSI's refusal to let its agents testify, caused the collapse of a case that was more than three years in the making. All felony charges against the alleged ringleaders were dropped, and sex trafficking experts said the women were likely re-traumatized. So, uh, they show, like, uh, yeah, this is horribly written. Oh, I, You know, I, I brought this up a while ago, I think, when it happened, because police in Lake Havasu City, near the border with California and Nevada, where the investigation occurred, said that they were told by HSI that undercover agents may engage in sex acts with suspects. A bullhead police spokeswoman said, quote, detectives were informed by HSI that the undercover sexual activity was authorized, end quote. Now, it is illegal in Arizona, as in other states, for police to engage in sexual activity with subject of an investigation. A leaked policy handbook confirmed by a retired HSI senior agent describes how, with supervisor approval, undercover agents can engage in otherwise illegal activity. While it gives some hypotheticals, the handbook says nothing about undercover sex. So this, this started in May 2016 with local massage parlors. You know, the old fucking steam and cream, the rub and tug. And that's what they did. They went in there and they got uh, they got jerked off. And it's like, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, how are you supposed to, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to, how much are you supposed to let them touch you before you have like probable cause? Okay, prostitution's going on here. Like, do you have to, do you have to finish? You know, there's just this like, if I were an agent, I'd want to know. I'd be like, look, dude, I'm not fucking going to jail over trying to bust some fucking, you know, Asian massage parlor hooker. I'd want to know. And then, how about this? Mexican-connected drug cartels had a mole inside the U.S. Attorney's Office in San Antonio, according to the FBI. Prosecutors charged Jennifer Loya, a paralegal who had access to surveillance records, warrants, and other sensitive information, with obstruction of justice, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and conspiracy to distribute methamphetamine. 
FBI special agents said an affidavit that she was helping her sister and her sister's husband, who were San Antonio distributors for the Fernandez Vasquez drug smuggling organization, which is part of the Cartel de Noreste. So yeah, they said that this Jennifer Loya, who worked in the office for three years, had helped several of them. Law enforcement began to sniff out a mole last year when DEA agents arrested Frankie Martinez, leader of one of the organizations, and Frankie Martinez said he had been told he was about to be arrested. So that's fucking raised red flags. So that guy snatched it out, and uh, yeah, they finally busted her. Let's go to the NYPD. I have NYPD listeners, I know. And a 25-year-old pizza delivery man from Long Island has been identified as the man who was allegedly killed by an off-duty rookie NYPD cop earlier this week. Christopher Kuro was fatally shot twice in the head and twice in the neck and left for dead in New York. And... The, his mother told local news outlets that the 25-year-old grew up and was best friends with his alleged killer, who's 26-year-old Eric Allen, who had recently joined the NYPD and was assigned to a 109th precinct in Queens. Yeah, they were just getting in. They got in an argument, and the fucking dude pulls out his gun and uh, shoots his best friend fucking five times. Jesus. Here's a couple... Sad stories involving children. Police say a 15-year-old girl accidentally ran over her father with a pickup truck on Tuesday during a driving lesson in a Florida park, and the 46-year-old man did die of his injuries. Oh, God. The father was showing his daughter how to park a Ford F-150. The father got out of the truck and stood in front of the vehicle after his daughter pulled into a parking space. And then police say the daughter was going to back up, but unintentionally hit the accelerator while the truck was still in drive. The truck went over a curb, struck the father, and then a tree. Oh, man. So she pinned him right to the tree. He was pronounced dead. God, dude, that's fucking... Don't stand in front of the truck in a, dri- in fr- in a driving lesson, bro. Come on. I mean, I feel bad, but some of this is Darwin shit, dude. And then how about this one? This one's even worse. A 12-year-old boy is dead after his 5-year-old brother found a gun in the woods and accidentally shot him to death when he thought the firearm was a toy. This happened in May 9th in Georgia, just south of Atlanta. Officers responded to the scene and discovered that a 12-year-old boy had sustained a gunshot wound to his chest. Um, Apparently, they kind of pieced together what happened, and they said that earlier that day, a cop tried to carry out a traffic stop on a vehicle in the area when an unknown number of individuals vacated the car and ran into the woods. So they they bailed out of the car, right? So they probably just tossed all the guns. And then the five-year-old kid found the gun, and he picked it up, thought it was a toy, pulled the trigger, struck his brother right in the chest, and the kid's dead. Man. And uh, this one was pretty bad, too. A Georgia doctor was found dead in a ditch after being attacked by a pack of wild dogs. The body of Dr. Nancy Shaw was found 3 a.m. Thursday 
after police spotted her car pulled over on the wrong side of the road with the engine running and a door open, and they found her dead in the ditch. <laughs> they have no other details on this. So I wonder if she like just saw a dog and was like, oh, let me get this poor dog out of the street or something, and then they all jumped on her. Man. Uh, a couple more veteran-related stories. A former doctor to Veterans Affairs Hospitals in West Virginia was charged on Tuesday with sexually abusing several male patients over the course of six months. 51-year-old Dr. Jonathan Yates was treating patients at Beckley VA Medical Center. He was an osteopath, which means you apply pressure and stretch people's muscle and joints. Well, he's been... Uh, indicted on sexual conduct. And some of the details on here, for one, he used acupuncture needles to incapacitate a 37-year-old patient before massaging his body without any legitimate medical purpose. Like, I don't know how you use acupuncture needles to incapacitate someone. And then this one is weird, too. In another episode, he locked a 42-year-old Army veteran in an examination room and proceeded to mas massage his chest calling him, quote, a real man, end quote. He then cracked the man's neck without warning, causing severe pain and numbness, and molested the temporarily immobilized patient. <laughs> Jesus. He was arrested at his home. He's like, Doc, what are you doing? What are you touching that for? Uh, and an armed veteran was shot dead by the cops in Florida after he fled a traffic stop there. Uh, deputies, four deputies opened fire on the 37-year-old man outside his home in Deltona, which is located between Daytona Beach and Orlando. The man, who had been medically discharged from the Navy in 2012, had pointed an AK-47 rifle at them. Yeah, that's a good way to get fucking ventilated by the cops right there. And over in Okinawa... Two people who live and work at Kadena Air Base are suspected of making off with nearly $65,000 in the armed robbery of a currency exchange shop on Okinawa. This business is not far from Camp Foster, uh, the front gate of Camp Foster, and was robbed by two mask-wearing perpetrators at approximately 4 p.m. And now Kadena's 18th Air Wing said in a statement on Friday that a civilian and an army soldier are being looked at as suspects. And on Friday afternoon, local media in Okinawa photographed a uniformed U.S. soldier being escorted into the police station by U.S. military police. Jeez. All right. This one I tweeted out at Bravo Kilo Actual. A former... State Department official charged with sexual assault in Prince William County. And some of you guys might know him. He was a special agent. He worked for the Diplomatic Security Service, DSS, my old, my old bosses. And he was in charge of U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry's protective detail. Well, he's now being jailed without bond on charges of sexually assaulting a girl in Prince William County between 2011 and 2013. John Moretti, 58 years old, was arrested and charged with indecent liberties and forcible sodomy. Until 2018, Moretti was the State Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary and Assistant Director for Training 
for the Bureau of Diplomatic Security. Wow. And before that, he was a special agent in charge of the Diplomatic Security's Washington Field Office. And from 2013 to 2015, he was the special agent in charge of U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry's protective detail. Dang, dude. Fucking child molesters are just everywhere. Everywhere. Let's go to Venezuela and get a coup update. The vaunted Venezuelan coup covered uh, quite laughingly last week, of course. Uh, the family and friends of a former Green Beret detained in Venezuela for his role in the failed coup have said he was misled into believing it had the direct backing of the U.S. government. This was 34-year-old Luke Denman. This was the guy I played in the interrogation video last week. And a childhood friend is claiming that Luke Denman believed the Drug Enforcement Agency was in on the plot and that they were supposed to send in a helicopter to fly Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro back into the United States. <sighs> what is a fucking idiot? Remember, Denham was arrested on May 4th alongside fellow former Green Beret Aaron Berry, 41 years old, and dozens of Venezuelans for the failed attempt to overthrow President Maduro. And uh, obviously Trump and the U.S. government have denied any direct involvement in the botched raid. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said that every tool will be used to secure the release of the Americans involved. So, yeah, some shyster, they, they basically got some shyster lawyer to say that Denman said uh, the raid was fully sanctioned by the U.S. government. So, not good. Do your own due diligence, guys, before you get, listen to the wacky uh, coup attempt. Remember last week when I told you guys about the San Francisco health officials giving the vagrants uh, free booze, marijuana, and all the rest of that? Yeah, it was it was a great it's a great story. Uh, be, and the best part is they they always try to lie about it continuously. There's a really good article at the City Journal uh, by Erica Sandberg. And yeah, they, they tried to deny direct involvement in that controversial program that provided free alcohol, cannabis, and cigarettes to homeless people living in the city's hotels during the outbreak. <laughs> uh, yeah, they said the Department of Public Health issued a statement claiming that rumors of guests of San Francisco's alternative housing program are receiving taxpayer-funded deliveries of alcohol cannabis and tobacco are false but they are not false yeah the program is financed by taxpayers because they're trying to weasel around it by saying like oh no this was funded by private sources but the dph the department of public health is staffed by city workers so we're paying for that that's so funny you believe this shit while you're fucking sitting at home and nobody's telling you anything they're hand-delivering booze, marijuana, cigarettes, and God knows what else to the vagrants living in really nice hotel rooms. And you know what's crazy about it? Is they can smoke in hotel rooms. I mean, out of all the shit that the social justice warriors out here in California hate, it's smoking. I mean, and they're getting a pass to smoke cigarettes in the hotel rooms. That's You can't do that. You can't even smoke anywhere near a hotel out here now. That's so funny. And how does it even work? Like, they say alcohol is served with meals. 
that's provided at no cost, of course. And the Department of Public Health, in consultation with doctors, determines how much alcohol each person gets and what kind. You, you guys, I'm not. You think I make this shit up? I'm not making this shit up. Okay, quickly, let's go to the NFL. A few interesting stories here that happened this week. Uh, first of all, was the two guys allegedly involved in an armed robbery? And that was New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quinton Dunbar, who have both turned themselves in to the Broward County Jail today, Saturday, to satisfy those arrest warrants in connection to that alleged robbery in Miramar, Florida. Now, Baker's attorney said that he has several affidavits from witnesses exonerating Baker of wrongdoing in the alleged crime. Uh, So Baker is facing four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. So this is what happened allegedly. According to the arrest warrant, Baker and Dunbar are accused of stealing money and watches with force while armed with semi-automatic firearms. Like, they were at this party, and everybody's playing cards and video games. And then, I guess some kind of fight happened. Somebody pulled out a gun, presumably Baker. He says he didn't do it, though. But multiple witnesses say at one point during the incident, Baker ordered another suspect wearing a red mask to shoot an individual who's just entering the party. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, it sounds like these guys are changing their stories, the victims, because they don't want to be labeled as snitches, but that's crazy. And then meanwhile, just today, this happened, Washington Redskins receiver Cody Latimer was arrested for assaulting in a person and firing gunshots in a Colorado apartment. (laughs) That happened just this morning, right before the podcast. Deputies of the Douglas County Sheriff's Department were called to the apartment shortly after midnight and apprehended him. A witness heard arguing and what sounded like gunshots in the apartment. One person has been reported as having a minor injury but is said to be unrelated to the gunshot. He is being charged with felony assault in the second degree, menacing an illegal discharge of a firearm and misdemeanor charge of prohibited use of a weapon and reckless endangerment. He has uh, posted bond already. Yep. And staying with the NFL, this is great. The NFL is considering adding new incentives to boost racial diversity. And one of them is crazy. What they in one proposal, a team that hires a non-white head coach would move up in the draft six spots from their position in the third round of the NFL draft. <laughs> you can't. What is that, dude? <laughs> oh my god! I don't. You know, I don't even understand this anyway. So the league is seventy percent black, but there's a push to get more black coaches because there's only four out of the thirty-two teams. There's no push to get, like, say, more Hispanic players in the NFL. I mean, you'd think that it's very, they have a very, very low representation in the NFL. Usually the cry is that there's no representation. Well, you don't have any representation of many different races and ethnicities in the NFL. Uh, and I don't see anybody in the NFL hand wringing about that at all. So I don't, I don't understand it. But they do hand wring when there's not enough black coaches. 
Teams that hire a non-white candidate to fill the general manager's position would move up 10 spots in the third round of the draft before that executive's second season with the team. The team would lose that early advantage if it fired the new hire after a single season. So you can't just hire him and then uh, shit-can him really quick. They're just fucking obsessed with this, aren't they? Just hire who you want, and how it shakes out is how it shakes out. Who gives a shit? Uh, okay, so that's your sports update. Mm, this is funny. I have a few random clips here. Here's one of a chick. She's on OnlyFans. You know, basically, it's OnlyFans is, if you don't know, it's a, it's a subscription-based website. And this allows models to sell their nudes. Like, so, but you can't see the nudes unless you pay a subscription, right? So there, here's this chick right here, and she went on um, TikTok because she was crying because nobody, because of the coronavirus shutdown, nobody is subscribing to her OnlyFans. So she basically has a meltdown and says, "Look, I, I can't do anything else. You guys have to subscribe to see these titties." Let's listen. This is to this. So humiliating and stuff, but like, like everyone on TV is always just like talking about. You know, like, everyone's lost their jobs and, like, people can't pay for anything anymore. <laughs> like, I'm losing subscribers on, on OnlyFans. Like, that's my main source of income. Like, I can't pay my rent anymore. I can't, like, work and, like, and even if I was to go back to work, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, go work in the strip club, which they, they're all closed down as well. They're all closed. Like, all the strip clubs are closed. Like, you can't even be fucking close to somebody because of social distancing so I and I have like I've got nothing else going for me like I have no other talent like I've got nothing else I can't dance I can't sing I can't do anything so like I don't understand like what I'm supposed to do I really just don't know what to do I just want everyone okay uh, you know you could get a job <laughs> I mean come on she's sitting there crying with her uh, large breasts heaving and her makeup is running down her face. It's uh, it's quite a spectacle. But I'm just the, you don't have to be a stripper. Like she acts like her only options are like oh, I can I only have OnlyFans or I can strip. Those are my only options. Like you can fucking get a job. Walmart hiring. Oh, it's beneath you, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see what else do I got here. Uh, let's go to this one. Oh, this one is good. Uh, the man who was arrested in Florida for exposing himself to women while driving. Yeah, this the Polk County Sheriff's Office. Good old Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. Uh, they arrested a 32-year-old man on Wednesday after a complaint about him exposing himself to a woman while driving. And the subsequent investigation caught him in the act of exposing himself. And Justin Mosser has been charged. Uh, oh, Sheriff Grady Judd actually weighed in on this with a quote. Sheriff Grady Judd said, quote, first, nobody wants to see that. It's disgusting, rude, and perverted. Second, it's dangerous to be doing something like this while driving. This is wrong on so many levels. Great work by the detectives to find this guy so quickly, end quote. That's a spot-on impression of Grady Judd, I assume. A woman did report she was driving on the highway when she noticed the driver in a gray Mazda next to her was waving and trying to get her attention. When she looked over, she saw that his penis was completely exposed and he began to masturbate. <laughs> so she got a picture of his license plate. She was Johnny on the spot. 
the cops identify him, and then they set up a surveillance team on him. That's great. And they put a female undercover detective out there. So while the female undercover detective is driving on the freeway, again, uh, Mosser pulls alongside of her. The detective looks over at Mosser. His penis is exposed. And yes, he did begin masturbating. Now, a traffic stop was conducted. He was arrested. He told detectives that he often drives with his penis exposed because he gets hot and, quote, airs it out, end quote. He showed no remorse. <laughs> you know, that's actually, you know, I've, we, I've talked about the masturbating and driving thing before, which I, I can't do. I, you know what? It doesn't seem like a bad idea. What if you just drove nude, though, or you did pull it out? You know, you have, it seems like a kind of a good deal as long as you weren't doing anything sexual with it. You know, you pull it out. It's there. It's laying there. You got the air, the windows down. You got their music. You know, a little air going by your manhood. But yeah, you, that's, that's a no-go. Can't do it. Ikea had a masturbating incident in one of their stores in China. You know, the store Ikea. A woman was caught on camera masturbating while half-nude in a Chinese Ikea store. The two-minute pornographic clip shows the unidentified woman wearing just a white shirt as she pleasures herself in various sections of the store. She sat on a bed with her legs spread wide, at one point seeming to catch the eye of some guys walking past, before taking off her shirt in a more secluded spot in the store. After going viral, the X-rated footage was soon scrubbed from Chinese social media. But even so, the Swedish furniture giant's response alone got 9 million views. So, yeah. You can uh, go look at it at the New York Post if you want to see the video. Okay, what else do I have? Uh, the ACLU is now suing to stop due process. That's right. If you ever had any doubts that the American Civil Liberties Union has been going downhill with its principled approach to civil liberties, you know it's all the way down there now. The group has filed suit to block Education Secretary Betsy DeVos's recently proposed reforms to bolster due process protections for students accused of sexual misconduct. And one of those reforms is the accuser has the right, I'm sorry, the accused has the right to confront his accuser, just like in a court of law. And the ACLU that hates that, they, they fucking hate that. You'd think they'd be on the side of more due process, but they are not. They like the uh, kangaroo courts that the universities have been doing. Okay, this one wasn't exactly a hate crime, but it was like a race hoax, sort of, which, and you guys know I'm, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the race hoaxes over there. And this has to do with the aforementioned um, Aubrey shooting, the, the shooting with the two white men in Georgia. Now, the Georgia police arrested a man after a post on social media threatening people who are protesting the shooting death of Ahmad Aubrey, right? This was a Facebook post that contained a threat to future protests connected to that shooting. Well, the wrinkle is that the guy they arrested was a black guy named Rashawn Smith, 20 years old. He's been charged with dissemination of information relating to terrorist acts. Police say he created a Facebook account of an unwitting individual to post a hoax threat. 
So, he, in other words, he pretended to be some, like, white hillbilly uh, threatening to uh, threatening the people, mostly African-American, presumably, protesting the shooting death of Ahmaud Aubrey. You guys see what track what I'm trying to say here? And he did this because he probably thought it would get him lots of likes on social media. Well, he got rolled up, and it was an African-American man, so... Uh, beware the dating sites. Police in Las Vegas have arrested a man on a half a dozen felony charges after a woman accused him of holding her against her will and sexually assaulting her after the two met on a dating website. Yes, Ambibe Collins, 45, was taken into custody. According to an arrest report, they met on the popular dating site Plenty of Fish where the suspect went by the name Rick Boss. They did talk for a week before deciding to meet in person. Yeah, see, that's too long for me. I'm not, see, I know there's a lot of different strategies with the dating sites, but when I was on them, I didn't want to talk to them at all, like at first, because I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time if you turn out to be some dud. I want to meet up like right away. So I would always just be like, hey, you want to get a drink or what? And then if you're cool, then we can chat. But I mean, that's the whole point. The whole point of the app is to go meet somebody in real life. I don't need to chat with yet another person on the internet. So he then started threatening the woman. Uh, she f stayed with him out of fear for several days, over which time he repeatedly sexually assaulted her. So, yeah, you got to vet those, those internet dates, ladies. Okay, let's go to Iowa. An Iowa City man is facing multiple charges after he was accused of exposing himself, yelling racial slurs, and breaking a window. Um, witnesses say that Joseph Harmon, 29 years old, was walking down the street, and he saw a female in an apartment, made eye contact with her, began yelling the N-word, then pulled out his genitals and told the female to look at it many times. Yeah, many times he did that. So that uh, didn't really go too well. How about th this was interesting. A famed French serial killer named Stéphane Bourillon has confessed that his prestigious career is founded on lies. He, 67, built a reputation as the country's foremost expert in serial killers, writing more than 75 books and producing dozens of documentaries. He was a guest lecturer for trainees at the French National Judiciary Police Academy. Well, in January, an anonymous video producer uploaded a series of videos on YouTube accusing him of lying, and the story quickly became a sensation in France given his public profile. So... They had their suspicions, this group, they did an interview, that he had plagiarized books originally written in English and noticed that dates did not match up or inconsistencies from one of his books to another, said the spokesperson. So they thought he made it all up. He has now admitted falsehoods and on his personal Instagram account and CNN has attempted to contact his representatives, but he did admit embellishing, lying, hidden things, and exaggerating his own, own importance. For example, one of the fabrications relates to a woman who was murdered in 1976 in Los Angeles. He said for years that it was his wife who was killed, but in fact it was a bartender that he had met like a couple of times. 
And then he made up a meeting with uh, serial killer Charles Manson, among other things. But this is like a big famous guy in France, so. All right, very good. Uh, the media woes continue. As I told you, Vice Media has now cut... How many jobs did they cut as I scroll down here? 155 staffers, Vice Media, in a new round of layoffs. And 55 of the cuts will be domestic and around 100 from overseas divisions. And, man, this just goes to show you, I keep, I've told you guys over and over, I, I do these stories to tell you how tough it is to make money in the digital space. And BuzzFeed also has ceased operations in Australia. And remember, Vice Media got like hundreds of millions of dollars in capital from investors, and they still can't make money. I'm like, dude, just give me like a hundred grand, and I will fucking make you some money. And uh, really appreciate on that note, all my patrons uh, go to patreon.com, look for BK Actual, and you can support the podcast and get real news here. Right before we started recording the podcast, I was scrolling through Twitter just to get any last-minute updates, and Fred Willard, the prolific and beloved comedic actor, has passed away. Uh, Fred Willard was famously in ensemble comedies like Best in Show, hilarious, and this is Spinal Tap. And he did die Friday at the age of 86. He was a very funny man. I've seen many, many of his movies. Uh, Waiting for Guffman, that's also another great one. Uh, he was an anchorman. You guys remember Anchorman, the uh, Ron Burgundy, all that? Remember, remember Ron Burgundy's boss? Remember, he was the guy, remember his kid? He's like, he was on the phone with the, the, the nuns at the, the school with about his kid. He's like, you say my kid is on acid with a crossbow or whatever it was. Anyway, Fred Willard, very funny man. Uh, rest in peace, 86 years old. U.S. grocery costs jumped the most in 46 years. That is the largest one-month pop since 1974 when the prices that U.S. consumers paid jumped 2.6% in April. The price of meats, poultry, fish, and eggs rose 4.3%. Cereals and bakery products advanced 2.9%. Yeah, those meat and eggs, you guys have seen that that's been an ongoing issue with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, Young Thug, the rapper, posted a funny IG story about his penis. Uh, he basically said he is very. He's, it's difficult for Young Thug to keep his penis clean. That's what he told him, his fans on Instagram. So let's uh, let's go ahead and hear I think this. About every day and. I don't even have sex every day, right? So, okay, just say yesterday I woke up like 5 in the evening. I took a bath at 5.30. Today, I woke up at 2. So I took a bath at 2. So that means I just took a bath 12 hours ago. Every time I wash, every time I take a bath, my chest, my body be clean. But every time I wash my dick, it be dirt on the on the rag. But I ain't had sex. I ain't did nothing. I ain't even, I ain't even shit. I'm just really just, I just go chill. Might go to the home, to Duke and spot chill, then come home, go to sleep. Next day I wake up, take a bath, my dick be dirty. It's always be dirty on the top, on the rat. What <laughs> the fuck? I, just, I think I just got a permanent dirty dick. Oh, God. why would you put that on Instagram, bro? Come on now. Do you guys take baths? I, I can't remember the last time I took a bath. I'm not like opposed to it necessarily. I'm sure if I was like young thug with a baller ass probably mansion, I assume, 
and I had like the sick fucking bathtub with all the jets and everything, yes, I probably would take more baths. But as it stands now, I don't, I can't remember the last time I took a bath. I mean, it's been like years. So, but he, yeah, he keeps talking about his baths that he's taking. Very strange. Uh, quickly, a Pakistani doctor indicted on terrorism charge in Minnesota after he quit his Mayo Clinic job to travel to Syria to fight for the Islamic State. God, that's uh, good. Quickly going through it. Um, a uh, father and mother have given birth in Texas to quadruplets, identical quadruplets. That's right. There are only about 72 documented cases of spontaneous identical quadruplets ever, according to an obstetrician quoted in the story. Uh, they did not use, and by spontaneous, there was no fertility treatments used and everything. And all four babies are identical, meaning they shared a single placenta. And they are four brothers, they're all boys. So I, I, that's a blessing, I, I suppose. <laughs> So, and right, and guys, uh, let us go to the big finish that I have for you, and it's it's out of Australia, from Queensland, and a woman has claimed that her ex-boyfriend threatened to release videos of her having sex with a dog if she did not drop a domestic violence order against him. Oh, God. She told police that she had sex with her ex's dog twice to satisfy his bestiality fetish, but he claims that the woman had previously had sex with dogs and it was not his idea for her to abuse his pet. Now, the couple had watched bestiality porn and spoke about the woman having sex with a dog, according to court documents. She alleges then that her partner adopted a dog solely so that she could have sex with it while he watched. The woman told police that he twice brought the dog into the bedroom and assisted the animal in having sex with her while recording it on his iPhone. So, okay, they're doing that, but then, you know what? Trouble in paradise. Earlier this year, the woman took out a domestic violence order against the man, which led him to allegedly threaten to release the bestiality videos if she did not remove her complaint. He allegedly threatened to post the videos on social media and send them to her family. And the woman did provide police with emails and audio of the man threatening to upload the bestiality footage online. Uh, in one recording, the woman is allegedly heard saying, quote, I did those things because it was what turned you on and what you liked. It makes me fucking sick, end quote. Okay, dude, come on. You had nobody has sex with a dog because it turns their partner on. If it grosses you out, nobody's fucking doing that. Come on. And the emails provided allegedly reveal the man's threat to upload quote all your dog shit end quote. Uh, he was arrested with. Uh, he was arrested earlier this month with police seizing ten mobile phones and several other electronic devices. Uh, he is charged with bestiality, threatening to distribute intimate images, etc., etc. Now, he has denied claims that he recorded and saved the bestiality footage, but lied about having them only to pressure to the woman to withdraw the protection order. So, great. That's it, guys. That is your big finish uh, for this week. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Why don't you go ahead and do me a favor and leave me an iTunes review. I've asked you guys to do that because that's kind of how they... Uh, 
rank the podcast. Uh, you guys have been leaving. Here's a few of them. Uh, Nut4224 said, uh, BK's podcast, Tan and Ab Veins are on point. Highly recommended. Um, Strong wrote, a man who sort of sounds like Handsome Jack reads you the news. Hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, Corey Last said, thank you for 200 great podcasts. I look forward to them every week. Really appreciate that. And uh, BP Crane said, Uncle BK can't be beat. He's jacked and tan. And I'm jealous of the tan part because I'm a ginger. But his humor and skill cannot be beat. Appreciate it. And uh, LARP Father wrote the greatest jacked and tan podcast on the webs. Tan ops for all the hitters. Quads like a Greek god. Yeah, they are. The quads are looking unbelievable. And uh, Will put, all I can say is, wow, I wish BK did the news every day after each show. All I do is look forward to the next one. Really appreciate it, guys. Go leave me a review on iTunes and go check out that Patreon. Look for BK Actual. I really appreciate it. That's how I kind of keep the podcast going. And uh, couldn't do it without all of you. And that will do it for me. Podcast 201 in the books. I'm going to go outside and enjoy the beautiful Southern California day. I'm out of here. See you next week.